Oh, there's nothing like a big UFC fight, right? Especially when the stakes are pretty high. Maybe there's a title on the line, or maybe it's just an awesome matchup between two styles. Who the heck knows what's going to happen? It's enough to make me stay up till 6am, let me tell you. But you know what sucks more than a bad decision? More than a draw. More than your favorite fighter getting KO'd. An injury. Just when the fight is getting good, or heck, even if it's barely even started, a fight ending due to injury is more frustrating than wiping out your entire family because of an amorphous monster-ridden mist just seconds before the military arrive. What's up, guys? It's me, Bailey, and guess what? What? Jocko is back with their brand new product, Jocko Milk. The all-new Jocko Milk, ready-to-drink protein shakes designed and engineered with a protein blend of milk, protein, concentrate, and calcium caseinate. Oh, It's a protein blend that helps fuel muscle growth and recovery all day long. 180 calories with no added sugar, no artificial sweeteners or colors, and still tastes unbelievable. Unbelievable! It doesn't have that protein chalk taste to it. Both the chocolate and vanilla flavors, they just hit different. Make sure you use your 10% off exclusive code, MMA on point. More on that later, but for now, here are 10 highly anticipated fights that ended in an injury. Number 10, Alexander Rakic versus Jan Blachowicz. Okay, I'm not going to lie, the light heavyweight division has seen better days, mainly because it used to be the biggest division in the sport, then John Jones came along and cleared it out like three times, and now we're kind of still dealing with the fallout. But things have certainly picked up in recent years, and guys like Jan Bohovic have been helping out with that. And after he lost his title to Glover, there were some fresh contenders waiting in the wings, ready to take their shot at the top of the division. Guys like Alexander Rakic, who was 6-1 in the UFC, his only loss being a close split decision to Volkan Ozdemir, and someone who was finally ready to break into the title conversation. So they booked it. It was number one versus number three. Rakic had some impressive KOs on his way up and was a dynamic striker that matched up well against the methodical monster slayer Yan. They even gave him a main event for a fight night, the kind of stuff the 205 weight class has literally been begging for. It was an excellent technical kickboxing affair and the Apex crowd were really getting into it with some Eastern European war chants. He, he swells easily. That's what happened to him. It was one round apiece going into the third and just as it looked like we we're about to have a fight on our hands, Alexander stepped backwards on his right knee and it just buckled underneath him. What was in the box at the end of this movie? Well, as it turns out, an ACL injury that had apparently happened three weeks before the fight. Yan went on to fight for the interim title after this and Alex's momentum was completely halted. Number 9, Carlos Condit vs Tyron Woodley I don't know about you, but I always picked Hitmon Lee, and just like the Pokemon, WEC Carlos Condit was an undefeated whirlwind of kicks, knees, and submissions. He won the belt in just his second fight, and then he defended it three times before he lost a seriously close split decision to Martin Kampman in his UFC debut. Then racked up another five wins, making it 12 wins in his last 13 fights. Only two of them were by decision, by the way. Man was truly the natural-born killer. He lost to GSP for the title, then to Johnny Hendricks, an ex-contender, but after he rematched Campman and stopped him in a fight of the night while well, the hype was still behind Condit. On the other side of the table though you had Tyron Woodley who came into the UFC with a metric ton of momentum from Strike Force, matched only by the devastating KOs he landed on Josh Koscheck and Jay Hiron, both flatliners and both in the first round. Matching him up with Condit at UFC 171 was an awesome welterweight accoutrement to the 170 title fight headliner. Condit was ranked number 2, Tyron ranked number 11, but that's how much people were behind the idea of these two fighting and no matter what, with two finishes like this it was guaranteed to deliver. I mean, it definitely did, just not for very long. After a great first round, the fight was just getting started. Then after a takedown from Woodley, Carlos tore his ACL. When they stood back up, Tyron chopped at his other leg and it just ricocheted through his entire body, forcing him to curl up in pain and the fight was just over. And he was out for an entire year afterwards. Why don't you just kill Sean Bean in the first season all over again? Number 8. Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez 
You know, some people don't rate Brian Ortega, perhaps as highly as they should. Might be because his only losses have been pretty devastating and on the biggest stage possible for all to see. But he's really only been beaten by the best and, well, you could argue, only lost twice in his whole career. At the same time, Yaya Rodriguez had long been away in his chance at UFC title and had been heralded as a contender since his first UFC appearance in 2014. That's almost 10 years ago. Needless to say, when they booked this fight, taking place inside an arena in New York amidst a sea of UFC Apex events, everyone was excited. What a clash of styles, number two versus number three, in the division with title implications and two of the truly elite featherweights on the planet. Ooh, mama. And the crowd were into this one as well. It was on ABC, five rounds. The table was set for a truly delightful three-course meal of striking, grappling, and possibly some flying techniques. But woe is me, with just 50 seconds left in the first round, Brian took Yair down, and during a submission scramble, just like your favorite Wookiee, his shoulder went pop. Ah, uh, suffice to say, it was disappointing. All signs pointed towards an epic fight between two really unique fighters at featherweight, but it just wasn't meant to be. Number seven, Charles Oliveira versus Max Holloway. On the cusp of Connor finally challenging Aldo for the 145 title, the featherweight division had literally never been hotter, and it wasn't often that two of its members would get to headline a fight night. But when you're talking about Max Holloway and Charles Oliveira, two guys on epic win streaks, both stacking performance of the night bonuses, and both inside the top 10, well, they gave them the floor. And this is a fight, by the way, that has aged amazingly. Think about this contest now. But even at the time, he had 200 guys with completely different styles, and only one of them could move towards a title. Oh man, I'm so excited for this fight. dude. What's going to happen? Oh, just 90 seconds in, Charles will fail on the takedown attempt and then just kind of wave off the fight? Yeah, definitely not the ending we were all hoping for. In fact, a lot of people thought it was a bit suspect, but to be fair, he looked almost paralyzed the way he just slumps down. It turns out he tore his esophagus, an injury that happened in training, and one that he rehabbed and thought was all good, but it turns out it just wasn't. He said his whole body went numb, and yeah, he basically couldn't continue. Still a better ending than signs, though. Number six, Michael Chandler versus Brent Primus. Well, Bellator MMA have certainly come a long way since their early days, but arguably their biggest show of all time was their last pay-per-view event in 2017, Bellator New York. They had Ryan Bader versus Phil Davis for the title, Douglas Lima versus Lorenz Larkin for the title, as well as Fedor versus Matt Mitrione, and even the long-awaited clash between Chel Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva. All I can think to myself is, God damn, I hate New York. Finally, something to fork out your hard-earned dollars for. But another highly anticipated title fight above all the others on the card was the clash between longtime defense champion Michael Chandler and the new undefeated contender Brent Primus. So after a good night of action and a shocking 30-second guillotine of a young prospect Aaron Pico, the stage was set for the lightweight title showdown. It should have been an epic fight, but after a couple of calf kicks, Mike's foot completely gave way to the dreaded foot drop. Even on one leg, he was pressing the action and trying to take Brent out, but the ref stopped it so the doctors could take a look. Mike was trying to convince everyone he was fine, but they even pulled the stool out from underneath him, those cheeky bastards. And, well, they kind of just waved off the fight two minutes into it. Twas but a scratch, according to Mike, but the commission weren't having it. At hospital, they diagnosed the nerve damage as foot drop. He'd have to wait a year and a half for the rematch, though, but he walked out with a W the second time around. Number five, Anthony Pettis versus Dustin Poirier. Look, the lightweight division is pretty much jam-packed with UFC talent, and two names that have never failed to put on a good fight are Anthony Pettis and Dustin Poirier. Back in 2017, Dustin Poirier was clearly beginning a legendary win streak that actually took him all the way to a title, and it was clear he was not only one of the most exciting fighters in the division, but one of the best. He just needed more big names to fight against, and they didn't come much bigger than the former champion, Anthony Pettis, who'd been on a bit of a hit-and-miss streak, but it was for sure still big enough of a fight to headline their own Fox Sports show, and putting them together was going to be 
his incendiary as Ricky Bobby and John Gerard. What ensued was a battle between two of the best strikers at 155 and it totally lived up to all the hype behind it. By the end of the second round, both guys were absolutely covered in blood. It was honestly amazing and we couldn't believe there was still three more left to go. But sadly, halfway through the third, Dustin had a body triangle and as Anthony went to spin out of it, he suddenly started tapping. Everyone was a bit confused and disappointed, let's be honest, but despite even this finish, it's still one fight of the night. As it turns out, Pettis had broken a rib as Dustin slid into mount and the fight was just over. I hope he's okay, but I think it was more of a broken man than a broken rib. We got two and a half rounds out of it and they both gave everything they could, but it was still more anticlimactic than the end of the Holy Grail, where instead of an epic battle, the police just show up and arrest everyone for running around with swords. Number four, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier three. Now, I know this fight might have been the highest selling on this list, but uh, it's kind of hard to argue it was the most anticipated. I mean, let's face it, the rematch at 257 was pretty definitive, but goddamn, we still wanted to see it a third time. It was a rubber match at the end of the day, and they were one apiece, so we got a trilogy fight just six months later. It really was a truly epic clash of striking styles, though, and big, big names in the sport. The second fight had been in Abu Dhabi, now we were going back to Vegas, and all the talk had been about Conor going back to his roots as a more of a fluid technical striker rather than a boxer. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly was excited, I can tell you that. Connor actually looked pretty good at first, definitely coming out with a different game plan, but he slammed a lot of kicks into Poirier, and at the end of the first round, after getting ground and pounded, he stepped back on his left foot, and, well, it was kind of like biting into your favourite order at Taco Bell. Grab yours today, at the end of the rainbow! <laughs> Turns out Connor's leg had multiple stress fractures going into the fight, so when you hear that there, what actually happened wasn't that surprising, I guess. Still, seeing them try to settle the 1-1 score going into the trilogy and having it all end all too quickly before the second round even started, but it wasn't exactly finding Nemo levels of satisfaction. Number three, Thomas Bernal versus Curtis Blades. Look, London was a raging mosh pit of MMA fandom in 2022. After the sold-out show in March, where Tom Aspinall tapped Volkov, in the first round, the hype was even bigger for another return to London. Just four months later, this time with a new golden boy and UK hope for a heavyweight title, Tommy, headlining the card. Oh, yeah. After a slow ascension up the division, he was about to take on his second-ranked opponent in Curtis Blades, a wrestler that could also threaten him on the feet, stellar matchmaking, a fight that could get Aspinall in title contention. It was certainly a main event that would have had any MMA fan belting out sweet. Caroline. But this one could not have ended any quicker than it did, really. The crowd was still singing Tommy Aspinall when, just 15 seconds into the fight after a few exchanges, Tom slumped backwards holding his knee and it was all over. Turns out he had a torn MCL, a torn meniscus and some ACL damage, basically just everything that can go wrong with your knee. It was a seriously unfortunate and underwhelming ending to what should have been one of the best heavyweight fights of the year. Number two, the Korean Zombie versus Jose Aldo. Do you remember Zombie Fever? Dana White loved wearing that t-shirt. And who could blame him? If you watched WC48 and Chang Sung Jung going to war with Leonard Garcia in the literal fight of the year, you'd be a fan as well. When the zombie finally got to the UFC, he finished three people in pretty incredible fashion. The first ever twister in the Garcia rematch, a seven-second KO of top contender Mark Hominick, and then Dars choking Dustin Poirier in an absolute fight of the night war. Anthony Pettis was supposed to be fighting Jose Aldo, but he got injured and absolutely no one was upset when the Korean zombie was declared as the new opponent against the guy who'd looked pretty much unbeatable, destroying all 145ers on the planet. But people believed if anyone had a chance at withstanding the Muay Thai storm and drag the champ into a zombie-infested sea, it was Chang Sung Jung. 
Only, well, he didn't really do that, unfortunately. Rather than recklessly attack Jose like the flesh-eating monster he was supposed to be, he quite sensibly probably played it all a bit too safe. And then to top it off in the fourth round after throwing an overhand, the zombie's shoulder went pop and Aldo went full Wolverine mode and demolished him. Just no mercy whatsoever. Funny enough, a bit like the ending to the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Everyone, uh, everyone just dies, basically. Number one, Chris Weidman vs Anderson Silva 2 and Uriah Hall. Don't know if you've played God of War, but Chris Weidman taking out Anderson Silva the first time was a real Kratos coming to Zeus moment. I mean, the dude just killed a god, yo. Anyway, the rematch was for sure one of the most anticipated fights of all time, certainly in the middleweight division. There were so many people adamant that Andy had been playing around and this time he was gonna shadow realm Weidman for real. But yeah, unfortunately it did happen. In fact, he almost got kind of finished in the first round if I'm being honest, but Silva survived. They made it to the second round and after Chris checked a leg kick, sadly his shin snapped in two. It was horrific to say the least and all the Anderson Silva worshippers were kind of silenced there was nothing left to say and people weren't even sure if he'd ever fight again. Strangely enough, the same thing kind of happened to Chris when he fought Uriah Hall at UFC 261. This fight was a pretty hype rematch from a fight they had 11 years previously, but Uriah became the first guy in history to win a fight without throwing a single strike when he leg-checked Weidman and, well, synchronicity's a bitch, isn't it? Before we go, one more big shout out to the boys at Jocko Fuel, the OG MMA On Point partners. They're back with a brand new product, Jocko Mulk. 180 calories with no added sugar, no artificial sweeteners or colors. This ready to drink protein shake designed and engineered with a protein blend of milk, protein concentrate and calcium cassinate is the protein blend that helps your muscle growth and recovery all day long. Make sure you use your 10% off exclusive code, MMA On Point. Hard work, clean fuel, no excuses. Speaking of hard work, what about a shout-out for George Hutchinson? He edited this video, and you should definitely go follow him on Twitter to say thank you. And if you're doing that, you might as well go check out more of Ben Rosette's music, because he did the music in the intro like he does every week. Thanks, Ben. Check him out on Spotify at Ben Rosette. All right, be honest, come on. Which one of these injuries broke your heart the most? You can let us know in the comments below. Give us a like if you enjoyed this one. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here. We do three videos a week. I've been Balian. Thanks for watching, and I will see you in the next one.